0: There were officers coming into the dorm with full-on, like, hazmat suits. And that's when we knew, yo, COVID was serious. All right, good afternoon. This is state of Florida versus Stephen Testo with multiple cases before the... Yo, what's good, man? It's your boy, the King, and this is The Incarceration podcast and as you can see man this is the home studio just switching it up a little bit and if you look man and you see like the aesthetics behind me yo this is real chain gang prison memorabilia all this is real letters from my bid that my mama saved or my baby mama saved and she gave back to my mom because she didn't want to keep it for whatever reason obviously because she you know hates me whatever uh just pictures of me and my kids in visitation you know you got the classic tuna packs you know that's gold and the chain gang that's currency right there got the handcuffs canteen bag shower slides uh prison blues behind me got the prison blues on Um, so man, listen, this is the incarceration podcast where I share about how everything that I experienced throughout my incarceration has forever changed my life. This is the incarceration. Listen, man, so normally every single day I watch the world news while I was incarcerated. And there's many reasons why I did that. And I think, number one, the reason why I or most people watch the world news while they're locked up is because, number one, you just want to stay in touch. You want to stay in the loop of what's happening in the culture. Just being isolated from the world, being removed from society. A lot of times, man, you can't tap out on the phone on a regular. depends, like, what your situation is, if you got family, if you got friends supporting you holding you down. And even if you do, a lot of the times, man, they can only do so much, especially if you're doing a long bid, years and years and years. Man, you're lucky if you catch on the phone maybe once a week, couple times a week, man, maybe even once a month. Depends everybody's situation. But for me, I would like to watch the world news daily just so I could stay in the loop of what's going on in the world. And then also too, man, because there's not much entertainment. In the chain gang, you know, so the TV room, the day room, you know, watching TV, whether it be sports. And I like to stay as productive as possible, man. So I wouldn't really watch like movies or TV shows or the soaps or, you know, reality TV or whatever they had in the day room just because I wanted to be focused upon, you know what I mean, like how I could continue to mature as a man. Number one, chase after Jesus, grow in my relationship with Christ and just continue to educate myself and use my time wisely. But still daily, I watch the news and that was just part of my routine. I come back from child at dinner time, and that was one of the first things I would do. Before child, I watch the local news. Not all the time because normally if you're like in prison in the state of Florida, you're in like the boondocks out in the woods and the local news is some like old country hillbilly town and uh the the local news sucks, you know, so I watch the world news you know on a regular whenever I come back from child, so this is whenever like covid nineteen really started popping off you know, and at the beginning like especially like in New York, you know when like the morgues are getting full and everybody's dying um all the elderly and man it's kind of like chaotic and crazy like on the news. And being in prison, we're removed from society, so we're only really hearing about this through the phone, you know, through emails, through letters, and from what the police say, and like administration coming in, and obviously what we can watch on the news. So we see like pretty quickly, you know, like just like everybody in the world, as like COVID is beginning to like, all right, pick up the pace, and it's beginning to like rapidly spread. Uh, Not just throughout the nation, but throughout the world. Like, all right, like, it's kind of, you know, a big deal. But around this time, you know, when COVID first started popping off, I think I only had like about 19 months left and i had just signed up for work release and work release is whenever like they release you from prison and you go to another facility and you can leave that facility you're still on your prison sentence you can leave that facility and go to work daily like catching the city bus or walking or riding your bike depending upon how far it is so you can save money and the state gets half of that check but to help you transition back home it's a way to help like the incarcerated population, like transition back into society, but it's also a great way for the state to run up a bag and get half your paycheck. So you can, you know, meet that, you know, criteria if you're eligible at 19 months or less. So I had what you call short time syndrome. It's whenever you're doing years in prison and you're like on the cusp, beyond the verge, the couple year mark of going home mentally, like you're so beyond. You know, prison. You're just ready to go home. You're just dying to get back to your kids and your family and just live a regular, normal life in society. So everything in prison pisses you off. The food sucks. You don't want to talk to nobody. You got what they call in prison, short time syndrome. You're just disgusted with your environment in totality. And mentally, you're already gone. And you just want to go home. You want to make it out. You want to survive. And sadly, a lot of times, that is the transition period period where a lot of guys can crash out and make dumb, crazy moves uh, and just kind of like self-sabotage, you know, subconsciously, you know, their release and lose their good time, lose their gang time and, you know, go to confinement and get a whole bunch of DRs or some guys sadly even catching years more, whether it be through stabbings or attempt escape or whatever it may be, because, you know, that 19 months and less, you know, that That waiting period of whether going to work at least or going home, it's like, all right, now there's a lot on your mind. You've been in prison for years. And now you're about to go home. So for me personally, this is when, you know, I had short time syndrome and I didn't want to talk to nobody. You know what I mean? Everybody, of course, you know, I'm still like actively involved in ministry and, you know, making disciples and just allowing the Lord to use me to serve people and love on people and then grind and preach and teach on the yard and the dorm. And just like the average daily prison schedule and the missionary mindset the Lord had given me while I was incarcerated. But, in comparison to years prior to where like, all right, this is home, like not home, but like, yo, it becomes your home. You're focused on the here and now, but now like awaiting release is like, all right, I'm over this season. I'm ready for the next. So everything around you becomes super irritable. You get irritable. You get aggravated easily, more frustrated. And that's definitely where I was at. I was so over prison and I was so ready to go home. Plus, the girl who I was dating for like a year prior to this, who was my pen pal, who I fell in love with, which I will talk about specifically and in detail in another episode, who I swore was the wife that God had for me, cheated on me, broke up with me, ghosted me, and I found out she was pregnant. The only girl, the first girl in my life that I fell in love with, and I swore I was going to spend the rest of my life with her. All my release plans, like, You know, focused on her and us starting a family together. All that happened. And then COVID hit. So personally for me, COVID was the worst experience all throughout my years in prison. So the point that I was getting at as far as uh, having short time syndrome, I I stopped going in the TV room. Just because there was so much chaos. I mean, that's just where, like, everyone's loud and yelling and arguing and fighting over the TV. Or everyone's got something to say about whatever's on TV. So a lot of times, man, like, I normally stayed away from the day room, the TV room, anyways. Unless there's something, like, really good on I wanted to watch or some type of sports event. But like I said, mainly I watched the world news. Uh, the local news and TMZ nightly. TMZ to stay in touch with culture, especially like the hip hop culture. Local news just to see what was going on in Florida and the world news just so I could be in the loop of what's going on in the world and in culture. But when I had short time syndrome, man, I'm aggravated, I'm irritable with everybody. I'm not even really watching the world news. But COVID 19's popping off. All right, I'm dipping in the day room, I'm watching the TV, seeing what's going on. And you know, as COVID's progressing, you see like the morgues like in New York getting full and you see like they don't even got places to put the bodies and you just see like all the the black, you know, bags, you know, with the dead bodies in it and then putting in the freezers outside the hospital in New York, you know, like it's getting real, you know, and then they, they do all the quarantine lockdowns and you know, people can't go outside and people aren't going to restaurants and all this stuff and it's rapidly like progressing. And being in prison, being removed from society, like, okay, we hear about it, we can see it on TV, police tell us, family tells us, friends, whatever, from like, from the phone, emails, letters, whatever. But we really don't necessarily get affected by, especially like at the beginning. But there's ongoing conversation like on the news and then especially like in the prison system, you know, inmate.com, that's like the slogan for this, all the rumors going around the prison compound about what's going to happen when COVID-19 hits the prison system. And on the news, they're talking about it already. Like whenever like COVID hits the retirement homes and all these places to where people are confined, you know, hospitals, retirement homes, especially like the elderly and even prisons, you know, because everybody lives in the confined area together in which we really can't quarantine, it's impossible. Like it's gonna rapidly spread and everybody's gonna get sick. So there's rumors, everyone's talking about it, like, yo, like it's gonna run through like the entire prison system. So everybody's like not really knowing what to expect. And we kinda like all know it's coming. You know, and then the first person on the pound gets sick. That dorm gets quarantined, shut down. They're not going to chow. They're not going to rec. You know, whenever you're in prison, you know, you got a chow hall, you know, and everybody walks the chow dorm by dorm. And whenever there is a dorm, if there is like a stabbing, or if they're like they're wilding out, or like there's a riot popping off over there, if they want to isolate the conflict, they can lock down just that one dorm, and then they'll send like the food service workers with big carts with the trays of food on it to that dorm so they can feed the dorm in the dorm. Or if they're uh, in a T building, like a two man cell, or if they're like in open bay dorm, you know what I mean? They line up and they get their trays and just eat at the bunk, or whatever um so this dorm with the person that got sick they quarantined it they shut them down because they want to isolate you know COVID-19 from spreading throughout the compound they're sending back the trays back to that dorm so that's like the first day and then all of a sudden the next day and then a person in another dorm sick and then they quarantine that dorm and they begin to like empty out one dorm and now they're Emptying out all the people in this dorm and now that's the isolated quarantine dorm. So now the people who are getting sick or even have symptoms of a fever, they're removing them from their dorm and they're sending them to the quarantine dorm. So they're trying to isolate the outbreak of COVID-19. And there's one specific dorm. You know, that's their process. That's their procedure of what they're trying to do to contain COVID-19 in the prison. And of course, they're following protocol on whatever procedures they're getting from, you know, the upper authority in Tallahassee and the state of Florida and things like that. But we all know as the convicts, the inmate population, that no matter what they try to do, they're not going to be able to stop you know, this freaking, you know, pandemic from spreading throughout the entirety of the prison. I mean, we all live in the same dorm. We all go to the same exact places. No, no such thing as quarantine in prison at all. I don't care how hard you try. But now it gets serious because they shut down the entire compound. No chapel, no rec, no canteen, no visitation. Whenever they cancel visitation from like people's families and loved ones and wives and kids coming in to see them, yo, it's serious. It's either a huge like, you know, a riot going on on the compound, huge type of uh, security risk. Something's like got to be super serious for them to cancel visitation. So when they shut down visitation, they don't want no people coming in, you know, who has COVID-19 to continue to spread, you know what I mean, the, the pandemic throughout, you know, the prison. So we know it's serious. You know, they completely shut down and quarantine every single dorm and everything on the prison compound. So this is literally the worst, hardest time I've ever done incarcerated over 12 years in prison, hands down. Why? All right, now listen. In prison, obviously, you're removed from society. Your freedom is removed from you. But still being incarcerated, like you have choices. You have like, options of how you do your time you can go to school you can go to rec you can work out you can get educated you know you can go to chapel services you know there's different programs you can go to you know so whenever you get in trouble in prison for fighting for disrespect to administration whatever you can get in trouble for you know they throw you in confinement they put you you know in a hole and that's when they take you from the dorm that you live in and they put you in another dorm to where you're locked down like 23 hours a day more than that because normally When you're in confinement, you don't get the hour wreck. Uh, You have to be back there over like 30 or 60 days, whatever. Sometimes you have to be even on CM to get wrecked while you're in confinement. So, whenever they put you in confinement, you're literally in a two man cell, locked down 24 hours a day, take a shower three times a week. That's confinement. So, that's hard time. You don't get nothing, you know what I mean? You don't even get your tablet, you don't get, sometimes you get books, maybe Bible, whatever. Extremely hard to get reading material back there. The worst way you could do time is behind the door. 24-hour lockdown, 23-hour lockdown, whatever. So imagine when quarantine hits and they shut down everything, all those little freedoms that you have while incarcerated, they're gone. No more walking the child, no more going to rec, running, working out, playing sports, no more going to school, no more going to chapel, no more doing anything that you normally do a part of your everyday schedule Remember now, schedule in prison is everything because schedule speeds up your time. You can't just lay around on your rack all day because time's gonna drag. You're going to mentally kill yourself if you're laying around doing nothing. So you gotta stay busy. You gotta have a fire schedule. You gotta have a schedule that's slap full with doing the things that you enjoy that's productive, not only so you can make the best of your time, so that way the time keeps going, bro, because in prison, yo, time slows down like time's... uh, A million, you know, and it can be super depressing and now your mind's going everywhere thinking about how you're missing out on your kids and you're worrying about your girl and you're thinking about the streets and when you're gonna go home and it's not for years. If you can even go home, that's when you get depressed, that's when you get sad, that's when you get angry, and that's when bad things happen. That's why one of the biggest like Prison bid hacks is getting a schedule and staying busy, staying productive. So whenever they shut down everything and quarantine the whole compound, man, things got bad. And it wasn't at first everybody was like, all right, no one really knew what was going on. People, I think, were kind of like scared, you know, myself included, like the unknown of like, what is this whole COVID-19 thing? People are dying. The news is making it look crazy, you know. So it's like, all right, what's going on? And then as time progresses, it's kind of like I guess like I wouldn't say cool, but it's a different change of schedule for us. So even whenever difference of schedule happens and even if it may not be necessarily good, like, damn, bro, we can't even go to the store. We can't go to canteen. We can't go to rec. But hey, like there's no school, no mandatory yard, no mandatory programs that sometimes people don't want to do. So it's kind of like a maybe mini vacation. So no one's really like too bent out of shape about it at first. But then as days go by, as week goes by, people start running out of food from the canteen. We ain't getting no wreck. And that's part of everybody's schedule. Not everybody, but a lot of people schedule how to get stressed you know, off their chest for their mental, you know what I mean? Being able to work out or play sports, physical activity. Now there's more fights popping off in the dorms. You know what I mean? People are getting robbed because they got more canteen and this person ran out of canteen. And now it's like, all right, cabin fever is kind of like stirring up. And you can even hear about stabbings throughout the compound. And you just know it's because like there's hostility like being built up in the dorms and people are being confined and they don't know what's going on and they're frustrated and they can't go to visitation to see their family and it's you know now it's kind of getting like real after like a couple weeks in. And keep in mind for me, I'm just trying to go home. And they're not even doing transfers anymore at this time. I signed up for work at least, so I'm waiting on this bus. Any day now to take me away from prison to go to a work release center so I can start making money. I can get out of prison, even though I'm still on my prison sentence, and I can start preparing for my release, man. Number one, I just want to get out of prison. So I just want to go, but also keep in mind, yo, listen, the love of my life just broke up with me. She cheated on me, ghosted me, and I just found out she's pregnant. So I'm super depressed, I'm already not eating, my whole world is crashing down. And then the world stops on top of all that, and my prison bit just got 10 times harder. So this right now was an extremely tough, rough, hard time period for me, hands down, the worst Time, the hardest prison time I ever did in my life. I'm just begging and pleading and asking God to please somehow let them unquarantine everybody, open up the pound, let me get on the bus and go to work at least and get from around here because I want to go home. But this is when it got really serious. The police came in the dorm for count with hazmat suits on. I'm talking about like head-to-toe like space suits. They came in the dorm with hazmat suits. And I remember at first when they came in, everybody's like clowning and laughing, like calling the police like aliens and saying they look crazy and just whatever type of like movie references they can think of. They're just like spraying the police laughing, clowning them. But I think also too like people are really thinking like in their minds like, Dang, dog! like, this is serious, you know what I mean? Because, like, I think the macho side of everybody, you know, not wanting to talk about their feelings and their real emotions as we're watching the news and we're seeing and hearing about all these people dying, like, all throughout the nation and, you know, the nation, like, on lockdown and quarantine and people not going outside and, you know, people not going to public places and all of these things and, you know, just the... Pandemic rapidly increasing, like we don't know how to take it, and we're like obviously we know it's serious, and we're already thinking about what's going to happen when it hits the compound, and we're already hearing about people getting sick, but we're not really hearing much else, um and people are getting sick in the dorm, you know, but nothing like really too serious, but then like the police come in like with these hazmat suits on, we're like dang, you know, so like it kind of think for me at least too, I'm like dang like. This is really like serious. Like I think it kind of like hit home, you know, for the first time, like at that moment, like, dang, like this COVID stuff is like the real deal. So listen, man, this is your boy EI the King. And this is the incarceration podcast where I talk about prison, pre, post, and present. How everything that I experienced throughout my incarceration has forever changed my life. This is... The incarceration. So listen, man, let me know in the comments, do you like the new home studio? Do you feel like I should go back to the real deal professional studio? Uh, let me know. Uh, and also, too, man, just go ahead and drop in the comments, man, how do you feel like you would handle being incarcerated throughout COVID? Like, what was your COVID experience like? And, you know, this question's for me being incarcerated throughout COVID. Go ahead, light up the comments. Once again, if you love this video, man, drop a fire emoji. If you hate it, go ahead and just put a trash bin, man. I don't really care. And also, too, man, I do have another podcast. It's on my other channel, the official E.I. the King music channel. And it's called Let Me Talk, Bro. Go ahead, run it up. I talk about more in detail my life, my walk following Christ, ministry, music, all that. It's your boy, E.I. the King. Stay tuned.